0: Before we get started today, I just wanted to let everyone know that unfortunately we had to record via QuickTime over Skype, so the audio is a little funky today. Also, want to remind everybody that Goldcast is going to be expanding to cover both the Warriors and the Giants during the 49ers offseason. We will be rebranding and returning we're not ending usually at the end of the 49ers season like we normally do we will now be covering the Warriors and the Giants because we like those teams too and we watch them as uh, faithfully as we watch the 49ers so stay tuned for more on that coming up in January and don't forget to like share and subscribe to our Twitter feed 49ers Goldcast, facebook.com slash 49ers Goldcasts And here we go. Boom. Welcome to another edition of the Forty Niner Gold Cast. San Francisco, are you ready? Boom. Welcome to another edition of the Forty Nine Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond
1: Solis the First, baby,
0: and no other co-host. Just the brothers Solis in the building.
1: So nobody else.
0: Yeah. So we, you know, unfortunately, we had we missed last week due to some technical malfunctions and then just scheduling. So it's nice to be back, Raymond. We've had two weeks and a lot of breaking niner news happening literally as we're setting up for this podcast they're saying Jed York might be removed from power next year for the 49ers. I don't know if I agree with this I actually think that he while well, he has made some mistakes and I actually blame Trent Balky for the reason hardball's not even in in the with the organization anymore but I feel like his drive to be successful, is really a cornerstone of what will make this franchise work. And I, I don't know if I agree with removing him from power. And if, what do you think? And has, has there been any mention of anyone else being put into power? Like, any has that been mentioned at all? No,
1: no candidates have been mentioned. The, the rumor that's coming out of KNBR is suggesting that Denise and John would kind of retitle York. So it wouldn't be like a formal firing which is what's most likely going to happen to Trent Falky at the end of the season. We've been talking about that all year. It's now coming more to fruition. As we get closer to the end of the season, the rumors are starting to swell. And typically with the 49ers in this era, those rumors have more often than not turned out to be true. Always. So, Exactly. So I think in this case, um, he would get a different position. Much like Craig Murath was removed, was, was reassigned, yeah. So because he was the best friend of Jed York, you know, he didn't get fired per se, but the, in other words, they said, we don't necessarily like you in this position, so we're going to move you over here. You can focus on these things over here, and you'll still do be, be kind of the math man uh, in terms of contract negotiation, which he's very good at. Um, but... Uh, for Jed York's purposes, in order to kind of maintain some kind of dignity, because obviously, despite what people think, he is well intentioned. He doesn't want to fail. He doesn't. He's not trying to make you hate him. No. He's he's trying to do exactly what his uncle did, and I think he was on a roll in the beginning. And the problem was that he saw conflict between Jim Harbaugh and Trent Balky and because his relationship. Was better with Chen Balki and Jim Harbaugh would often undermine him and at other times kind of um, not take him seriously, even though technically that was his boss. That kind of paved the way to say, like, you know, maybe this isn't the right, you know, because this, this will, the relationship, uh, the product on the field is good, but everything behind the scenes is terrible. And, you know, there's rumor mills, there's, there's, there's conflict. And so he decided to go with this the different route. And the franchise has been in a, uh, Nosedive ever since, it's gotten progressively worse. In a season we thought things would improve and get better because of Jim Tom Sula's, you know, lack of experience, things got worse under a coach that had the pedigree and the resume to 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 by by and large do better from the analysis standpoint. Even though a lot of pundits disagreed, um, clearly they they knew something we didn't. Although on paper it looked it looked like there was going to be some improvements. But and to get back to your original question, Jed York would be given a different title. Denise and John would then hire somebody. There's no word as to who that candidate would be. Some suggestions from the pundits offered a, Mike, a Shanahan combo, meaning Mike Shanahan would be the GM. Um, Kyle Shanahan would be the head coach. So that still doesn't have uh, any light. I don't do want the CEO. Shanahans.
0: Is it okay to say I just don't want the Shanahans? Oh, I don't want the well, Shanahans.
1: Surprisingly, I think you should take a look at the article, and I recommend anybody who is doubtful to also read the article because the author, Kevin Jones of KMDR, I'm going to actually drop him by name because he was – I did share his stuff on Twitter, and he did react to it, so I'm going to give him kudos for that because I obviously reacted positively to his articles and shared them. So, um, But what I will say about Kevin Jones' article is that um, something I didn't know about Washington uh, between 2009 and 2013 is that uh, Mike Shanahan was given the same kind of executive power that Bill Belichick has in New England. Meaning what that means is, for those that are unaware, Bill Belichick shares the same GM power that their GM uh, polio does. Uh The only difference is that Bill Belichick gets the final say. So a lot of that talent that you see coming out of New England – Bill Belichick is kind of working you know, toe-to-toe with their GM, but, the, but at the end of the day, he says, I want this guy. He yeah. says yes to this guy, no to that guy. Mike Shanahan had that same power in Washington. That means that Jake Reed tied in is credited to him. That means the offensive lineman Trent, I forget his last name, is credited to Mike Shanahan. That means Kirk Cousins is credited to Mike Shanahan. Those are all positives under Mike Shanahan's tenure as a GM slash head coach guy. The only problem is, uh, you know, there was a lot of, you know, Schneider wanted Robert RG3 in there. RG3 didn't get along. He couldn't play in Shanahan's system at that time. And there was a lot of turmoil because Shanahan didn't necessarily want that player. That was more Dan Schneider kind of overseeing it and saying, hey, I, I hired this guy. I'm paying this guy big money. He should be in there. Of course, from a financial standpoint, yes, you want your players with the highest salary to be on the field. You don't pay them to wow. sell the bench. That's a waste of money.
0: Well, and you uh, know what? But, but, so,
1: and, and Kyle, hold on. Before, before you chime in here, Kyle Shanahan, real quickly, um, he is, he doesn't have any head coaching experience, but he has been an offensive coordinator. Um, And he is the current offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, who have been the best offense in the NFL for most of the year. And that that is so that is credit to him, meaning he has the ability to evaluate players. Obviously, he's got a good he's already had good weapons in Atlanta and he just made them good again. Um, So if he would be what he'd be able to do in San Francisco as a head coach, I don't know. It might be too tall of an order to ask for him. But of course, he'd have his father there who's been through the run of the mill and has a lot of success, even though he's kind of been, he's through his prime. He has, but Shanahan does have more success than failure in his tenure, um, but I think he'd be better suited as just a player evaluator. So it makes sense on paper. I don't know if it necessarily play out to success in the 49ers case because there's so much that needs to be rebuilt.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. I like Jed York's drive, and I think drive will get you very far. He's not a stupid owner. He's made some mistakes. He's had to pay for them the hard way. But I think I'm happy with York right where he is. And so I, I kind of, I don't agree with this. And I do think that, you know, while I understand why so much of the 49er faithful aren't super high on him, he he wants to do good, you know. And uh, for anyone who's interested, make sure you go to our Facebook.com slash 49ers Goldcast and check out. That article that Raymond's talking about, because it's all... Yeah, all all of it is on
1: there, including the... the, So, Kevin Jones, the new stuff that came out about Jed York saying that he would be fired and given a new title, um, and that the the parents, the York parents, would hire somebody else, much like they, they did... Back when they were in charge, but it would just be hiring someone to take over Jed's role. Wouldn't be necessarily hiring a head coach or anything. So no, no Donahue, no Dennis Erickson type stuff. None of that. Uh, the GM would obviously the new GM would be in charge of that role. Yeah. So it wouldn't wouldn't be the same situation. I know there was some comments on our Facebook page. Some people thinking that was the case. No, that wouldn't be. Um, But thank you, Mark Saldana and Craig Smith Jr. for always commenting on those articles. So you'll be able to find the articles all on there. They're also on the Twitter account. You can find it there. I've retweeted all that stuff. And I actually pinned the Jed York article at the top of our page, so you won't have that much trouble. You won't have any trouble finding it uh, in the feed.
0: Cool. Uh, Moving on, you know, I find it really convenient that the week the Raiders lose and get swept by the Chiefs, Old Man Davis isn't on the gold cast. Isn't that kind of funny?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But funny, he di- he disappears in the wake of a loss. How convenient.
0: How convenient. Uh, and, what a little biatch. I'm and, you know, the
1: same can be said for uh, Louis B. In the wake of the Fisher firing right. and yet another loss.
0: And yet he another loss. Another, another. You know, Here's what was funny. Last week, we were going to call Goldcast. We were going to talk about the fact that they just renewed his contract, which was insane. And then this week, they fire him. It's actually the best decision the Rams have made all year. You know what really screws them, though? Not only is he fired, though, and like, you know, Louis was saying that he thinks Goff isn't bad, but you can't put a team around Jared Goff next year because you have no picks. Yeah,
1: whoever comes in is still still has a mountain uh, a Mount Everest to climb with yep. virtually no equipment. Yep, that's, that's basically what it is.
0: I love it. I love it. They deserve it. They deserve it. They're Rams. They're the Los Angeles Rams. They deserve it. That's uh, what you get. Uh, I mean, here's what I'll say about Fisher. He has mastered the art of reverse psychology. <laughs> mastered.
1: No one pulls it off better than Jeff Fisher. Jesus, there's no effing way I'm going seven and nine this year. Wow. So that's how you do it. Okay.
0: <laughs> it. So by, by no effing way you're going 7-9, you meant there's you're going go to go 7-9. Meaning it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I put that up on Twitter. Twitter. I put that screenshot and I put it up on Twitter. We should put that up on uh, on the Facebook page too, right? You should put that up there. Um, I, I, will, I will add that. Yeah, I'll send you the picture. Uh, so, but the Raiders lose to the Chiefs. Um, is it, is it time to say that, that Andy Reid's Kansas City Chiefs are kind of for real? Possibly. I mean, they tend, to, they,
1: they still have a, a, a bit of a knack to playing to the level of whoever they're facing. Yeah. And in the case of the Raiders, um, they played to their level, but, but in a good way, obviously they got a positive result. Most of their, there obviously, since Andy Reid's been there, despite having this kind of knack, and Jim Harbour had the same knack too, it was a little frustrating towards uh, the end there. But um, we always came out on top, so you can't necessarily argue with the results, even if your, your team is kind of tailoring their game plan to the opponent, which thus in turn creates kind of a similar playing field uh, in terms of, 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 of facing off. But uh, I think that Casey has way more experience Derek Carr does not, and in the face of a really good defense that knows you really well, i.e. division rival, in Arrowhead, you're in Tossel territory, um, they did not rise to the challenge. They they made a little effort towards the end there, but uh, credit to Alex Smith and the Kansas City Chiefs. They had a game plan that really only needed one quarter of scoring to pull it off.
0: Well, that deep that defense is, is, is no joke. I mean, they really... You know they really took a page out of the Denver Broncos book and really they, they did, stacked and that did, and there deep. was a lot
1: on the line so they were definitely playing playing with a, with with that in mind.
0: Yeah. And the Raiders just got manhandled and now we have the Cowboys losing to the Giants
1: last night. Oh, that was terrific. And you have another situation of important game, important rival, the Giants defense on a surge, knowing this team very well and
0: putting Putting the rookies in their place. They did. They did. I mean, here's the thing. The playoff, you know, we're in December. This is the final, final leg of the season. And we're really seeing also, okay, yet another one. We're really seeing, you know, things get shaken up a little bit right now. Instead of teams like solidifying their places, we're seeing other teams rise and the big guns go. Seattle got their ass kicked last night. by just got demolished by Green Bay. What was that all about?
1: Yeah, a bunch of big upsets this weekend. Although I was rooting for the Giants, obviously I was rooting for KC. And I did not expect Seattle to get
0: whooped. No, I didn't. I was really shocked. I did not. I, you know, Seattle, they are, you know, I I looked at them earlier in the year and I was saying that I still, I thought that they really were the dark horse and really had the chance to go all the way. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're playing Yeah. so inconsistently right now that I just don't really believe that they have what it takes to to make it all the way. I don't know. You know, I don't know if they can run the tables. I really don't think they can. Uh, you know, they got their ass kicked. I know you said you need to see things shake out, but I mean, as it stands right now, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I'm, they're go- they're for sure going to represent the NFC West, there's no question about that. But uh but yeah, definitely definitely uh that was there was a lot of big shakeups, and I agree. I was rooting for I was rooting for Kansas City and I was rooting for New York to win both those games. and I was happy that they did. That was a that was a really tough low scoring game uh, for the Cowboys, and I was nice. Now here's what makes me nervous though. okay? I'm thinking long, long game here. Giants and Chiefs now both sweep their division rivals. Like we've said before, it's really hard to win three games in one year, count a year against a team. You know, the last the last team to really that I can remember that did it was the Niners against Green Bay in the Harbaugh years in 2012. I was we we you know we sliced them and diced them, but it's really hard. It's really hard to do that. You know what I mean? Like uh, it's hard to win three three in a row. Yeah. And so while I'm while both while Kansas and Kansas and uh, New York have won the battles. I'm I'm wondering if they can win the war. You know?
1: Yeah, I'm just not so sure. It depends. I mean, New England is vulnerable. We know that they're vulnerable. I think I think K- K- KC didn't get blown out by them in the playoffs last year. It was actually a really close game. So I would hope that they would be in a better position to win if they face off again. I would give I would give that, even though. Kansas City would have to play an arrowhead. Uh, I would still like to see KC pull off that upset. That, that is assuming, of course, that KC goes to the AFC Championship.
0: Yeah, well, and yeah, exactly. I mean, Andy Reid has to win a playoff game first, and he hasn't done that in, in some time. So, I, I you know, or, no, did he win last year at the first round? I don't remember. Yeah, they got past, they got past the first round last year. Yeah, oh, we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, I'm still not super hopeful. Uh, not kind of circling back. Niners lose in heartbreaking fashion to the goddamn Jets. What a bummer! Uh, uh, I mean, they thirty minutes. That's all they have
1: got. Uh, thirty minutes. That is it. And Chip said he got very conservative. I didn't get to see the tape in the second half. I was listening to it via radio. There was also some streams that were getting posted online on the, uh, some of the 49er groups like to post the streams, which is very nice of them to do. But um, it's still hard to do because uh, I wasn't sure where, wasn't sure about the, uh, whether Chip said that, Chip took the blame in the loss saying that he got conservative in the play calling in the second half. And that's what led to the offense stalling, which in turn, which the byproduct of that, which has been the case all year, is that the defense is on the field longer than usual. And they can't stop anybody because they're just too damn tired. And of course, there's obviously a lack of talent to really impose impose their will against
0: anybody. Yeah, that makes sense. Well... <clears throat> Uh, it's kind of a bummer. Unfortunately, it's just also something that we've uh, we've really become accustomed to is the 49ers losing. What a bummer. But um, I can't believe they fired Jeff Fisher. I can't believe we're on the verge of possibly firing Jed York. And... and I'm most likely firing Balky and possibly in turn losing Chip Kelly. I I just I don't know. Am I am I the only guy in San Francisco that thinks Chip Kelly deserves another year and some better players? There's actually kind of an even
1: divide I would say. I you know I it's not like you know this isn't politics. I don't like take hole to figure this out. But from what I'm reading, uh, there seems to be kind of an even divide. Some people think he should be gone. Some people say, look, uh, I mean, here's some other news that came out today. Vance McDonald, three days after signing his five-year, $35 million, $16 million guaranteed contract extension, goes on IR against the Jets. So there's your 11th player, 11th player. That's enough to make one whole side of a football team, defense or offense. That's the 11th player on the IR of the 49ers. That is a huge, huge there's a huge point uh, in Chip to make when he has this offseason meeting like, hey, I got 11 guys on IR. That's 11 starters. And Daniel Kilgore, I hope he doesn't go on IR, but we know he had a hyperextension against the Jets. They, But the Niners, as a safety precaution or perhaps indicative of Kilgore's injury, probably more so that, because they picked up an offensive lineman who actually was a backup center. Um, so I know Marcus Martin fills the role of center right now, so you don't know, I don't know, just might be at depth because you just don't know, they might not be encouraged by the backups in there right now, so who knows, I don't, I don't know necessarily, read into it what you will, take it, take it like a grain of salt, but it it could be, it could be indicative of Daniel Kilgore missing some time as to how much, who knows, don't know the extent of his hyperextension, but we do know it did happen, did not return against the Jets on Sunday so that is not good if he goes on the IR
0: that's 12 players let's uh let's um, let, let's start to wrap it up um a couple things so let let's uh first of all we got to do our playoff predicts because it's getting pretty uh it's getting pretty uh, dicey out there playoff predicts for you and I where were we at how many teams do we have left now all right, so
1: the playoff prediction. Last time we left off, uh, I have, there, we, everyone has eight teams, four from the FC, four from the NFC. Where I last left off, it was New England, Kansas City, Oakland, and Baltimore. On the NFC side, of Dallas, Seattle, New York, and Atlanta. On your bracket, you had New England, Baltimore, Oakland, and KC, almost the, identical to mine. And then on the uh, NFC
0: side, it's also identical. I've got New England, Kansas City, and Baltimore, right? You have the same one as me. I'm going to go for the easy one this week, and I think the Houston Texans are obviously going to be in. They're the AFC South champs. Man, what a horrible division. What a joke of a team. But I say Houston's going in for sure. And you know what? If Baltimore wins tonight, if Baltimore wins tonight and they run the tables on uh, on uh, New England, my, my Baltimore prediction is going to be looking pretty good. All right. So NFC side... I have Dallas who else do I have yeah have Dallas Seattle New York and Atlanta all right I mean I guess I'll mm, I'm gonna say Detroit Detroit's in that, that's that's my two that's my teams right now so I, I I want safe picks this week Houston and Detroit are definitely in so this week I will go Detroit Detroit and then who do you have for the AFC so-
1: uh, Houston, because they they're on top of the division.
0: All right, fantastic. Now, let's go to the Vegas odds. If you were a betting man, Raymond, what would you say the 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 spread is for uh, San Francisco at Atlanta? Oh God, with that offense, maybe. Well, it's 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 between fourteen and twenty-one. You're very close. Thirteen point five is the spread. Ah. Uh, Do you take that bet?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would take that bet.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, well, so concludes another edition of the 49 of Goldcast. We'll be back to normal next week, so the the audio was sounding a little rough, guys, but it'll be back to normal next week. And don't forget, coming in January, we're going to be expanding. Goldcast will be focusing on all your Bay Area teams. Well, by all, we mean San Francisco. Giants and warriors. We'll throw it, we'll sprinkle little A's in there. Like we've been sprinkling some raiders in there, you know. You can find us. Uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to us. We're on all the social media outlets. We're on Twitter, uh, 49ers Goldcast. We're on Facebook, Facebook.com slash 49ers Goldcast. Shoutouts to everyone who always uh, supports and listens to our show. You can find me at Rudy Solis 3rd I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, at Rudy Solis III, R-D. You can find Raymond at Ray Solis, R-A-Y-S-O-L-I-S. Uh, and so concludes another edition of the 49er Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time, same gold cast channel, and we are.